Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Tommy's Leather Podcast. I'm Logan, and here with me today are two happy fellows because both of uh, their teams won. Uh, the slightly less impressive win. Let's talk to Andrew. How's it going, Andrew? I'm not too bad. You know, I actually didn't watch really any of our game and chose to take a nap during the third quarter, and I like to believe that nap was a good decision. I, too, didn't watch our game, which I think was a, a good decision because I talked to my mom afterwards, and she apparently watched it, and she said it gave her heart palpitations. <laughs> I was like, that sounds <laughs> I, like... To be fair, like, I, when Duke kicked the field goal to go up 27-24, I accepted that we were going to lose. <laughs> I was like, we suck, football is stupid, we're going to lose this game... <laughs> I hate everything. The weekly. Like, we kicked a field goal, and then we punted. And we punted with three minutes and 33 seconds left. And I go, Duke's going to run the ball. We're going to lose this game. Like, what is life? <laughs> and yet, somehow. And and then we, we did not lose. Um, we should have lost. Like, if you go watch Sims' touchdown throw to win it, um, our our right tackle is turned around backwards. Mm-hmm. Like the ball snapped, he like kick steps and punches the defensive end, and then like turns around backwards. What? You know, Sims is falling backward, throwing off his back foot. <laughs> Everything went wrong, and yet somehow yeah. it went right. Like it's absolutely a play where you're like, "How did this turn out positive? What is going on?" I mean, so, that sums up Georgia Tech athletics in a nutshell. <laughs> you know, the the defense wasn't great. The offense did enough to win the game. You know, the offensive line wasn't very good. We didn't run the ball very well. We threw two interceptions. But, you know, in the end, we scored more points than they did, and we won the game. We have matched our win total from last year already. Um if we win one more, it will set a high watermark for wins in the Jeff Collins era. Yeah. So what you're telling me is it's all downhill from here. Oh, absolutely. I think we're at Virginia in two weeks, and we don't win in Charlottesville. Nah. It's just the the voodoo gods of football do not allow it. So. Well. Yeah. All right. Well, enough talk about that. We're going to get back to Georgia Tech in a bit, but uh, let's talk to the other happy boy. So, Artem, uh... I don't know how you're feeling about the season as a whole right now, but coming off last week, you got to be feeling pretty good about upsetting the number one team in the nation uh, in Alabama. Uh, so what were your thoughts coming away from that game as you were uh, watching it? How, did you, how do you feel as a Texas A&M fan right now? Pretty good. Uh, they made a, you know, there's been improvement the last three weeks. It's something I talked about last cast. Um, and that, that's what we're looking for, right? Uh, I think our quarterback took a large step. The team has started to trust him. Uh, Jimbo announced the, the starter likely won't be back for the season. So I think that definitely helps the backup solidify that, you know, he's the man. There's nobody no, nobody looking over your shoulder, and it takes away some of that. And really going into the Alabama game, they got nothing to lose, right? They've already lost two games. Everybody expected them to lose to Alabama, so I feel like it was a weight off their shoulders, and it was just easier to play without all the pressure. Uh, and they finally put a, put together a good game. Um, it was a good game altogether, but on the third quarter, there's um, 
we let Alabama run all over us. They drove all over us, and we didn't have put, put together a good drive. So definitely still quite a bit of improvement left, but beating Alabama with essentially three freshmen on the offensive line with you know no meaningful snaps before this year, I, I think that's a pretty big deal, and um, it gives a lot of hope for the rest of the season that we can run the ball on a lot of other teams. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about next week, but I'm excited to see what we do. So I only saw Spiller get injured. I didn't really pay attention. Did he make it back into the game after that, or was he just out the rest of the way? No, he came back. Um, somebody – it's a bruised tailbone, but I don't think it was that bad. It, somebody just fell on him during one of the plays when he was already down. Yeah. And uh, I think he was in two drives later. Well, I've, I've made no – yeah, I've made no secret of it. I think he's probably my favorite player on y'all's team. But, yeah, Calzada just came out uh, – played a hell of a game um and i think the defense from what i could tell seemed to just be constantly in the alabama backfield all night uh part of that was because i believe a guard got injured on alabama's o-line which is rough but i think another part of that is just that like those edge rushers were just finding ways to get past the linemen in general so we, uh, we went from last week not blitzing at all and just dropping back in coverage to, I think we blitzed more than we did in this game. And that, that helped. We have a really good defensive line, but facing kind of similar elite talent on the O-line, it helped that there were at least five, in some cases six, rushers trying to get to the quarterback and essentially uh, freed him up for one-on-one battles instead of being double-teamed. Oh, yeah. And I think it showed, I mean... The the Alabama quarterback did his best to kind of stay in the game, but I think, you know, it started to show that he was taking some wear and tear from uh, having to run around and taking a few hits back there. So that definitely probably got into his head a bit. Um, yeah, absolutely, and I thought he played lights out. Uh, I honestly thought he played better than Calzada played uh, because of the placement of the ball. He made throws that were more accurate and just in general uh, harder to place. Uh, Calzada had a, a couple wide open shots. They both played well. I just think uh, Bryce Young played better. Yeah, I think so. Building off of this, I mean, we'll again we're going to come back to Georgia Tech in a second, but Texas A and M. Building off this, I mean, what what do you think? Uh, what do you hope for the rest of the season? Now, is this pretty much the highlight since y'all are already down two losses, or do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I guess, are you just kind of hoping for a bowl, make the best of the situation kind of scenario? A crazy year. Uh, really not expecting much as far as, you know, going to the playoff or going to a bowl. We're going to kind of, I would just wait and see how that plays out just based on everybody losing a bunch of games, right? Oregon's already lost. Ohio State's already lost with the championship games and the games on the, uh, that are left on schedule. You may see uh, more losses from each team. So, uh, hoping for a little bit of that, for hoping for more chaos like we've been talking about. Uh, but we'll see how, how it ends up. I think the team got a huge confident boost uh, now knowing what they can do uh, with Zach Calzada and knowing that he's a quarterback going forward for the rest of the season. So um, I think we'll, I expect us to perform better, and I think we've actually improved since the, the original QB went down every single week. So I expect an improvement next week as well. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair after what we saw. I mean, I expect y'all to take it to Mizzou. I just don't see that much out of Mizzou anyway. 
I'm trying to look down the rest of your schedule to see who else is, uh, what other games we have to look forward to. Um, Ole Miss is the one that I'm looking at. Um, I got it circled. I think LSU is going to be closer than it needs to be because it's a rivalry game. Um, but Ole Miss is going to be just because they're unpredictable. They can put up a lot of points. Can we match that? Can our defense stop some of that? Well, um, yeah, and I mean that's another game I want to highlight when we get around. Once we finish talking about uh, our teams, is that Ole Miss shootout between them and Arkansas was like a wild ride, honestly, uh, going into overtime. But anyway. Uh, Back to Andrew, I guess. Yeah, so I want to cover the Aggies because they just that that needs to be lauded. I don't think anybody expected Alabama to uh, lose that game. Heck, we didn't expect Alabama to lose That's that game. Say, we we all we all picked the other team, which was surprised. Yeah, Artem, did, any regrets about not picking that? I don't know. No, I hope me me picking against them made them win. <laughs> Keep it going in the future. But, yeah, no. Uh, a- Andrew, I guess, coming back to Georgia Tech, though, what does the Duke game do for your attitude, I, I guess, moving forward? Because this is the midpoint of the season, going into a bye week, uh, and I guess we're looking at possibly uh, a couple of teams that haven't looked that great. I mean, Notre Dame struggled against Virginia Tech this week. Uh, Virginia hasn't looked Fantastic. We do have Virginia Tech and Miami who have been bad on the schedule. Uh, where your what's your attitude kind of coming out of the Duke game, even though we struggled? I don't think we're winning another game. Wow. Okay. Just. I mean, we're not going to win in Charlottesville. We barely ever win in Charlottesville, and Virginia's not a bad team. Um, we can't play defense. We have absolutely shown an inability to play defense. The fact that we had eight sacks against North Carolina still makes no sense to me. We've had no more than two sacks in any other game. Like, we don't get pressure. We can't cover. Virginia Tech, I think, is better than we think they are. I think the the Notre Dame game against them, I think, showed me more that they can hang with some pretty decent teams. I think Notre Dame's a pretty decent team. Miami, we might have a shot. I don't know anything about Miami, and Manny Diaz might be fired by then. I think BC's a good team. I think Jeff Halfley's done a good job putting that team together, and they smashed us last year and i'm not sure how much better we are than last year and then we're not winning at notre dame and come on guys we're not beating georgia so i i mean a win's great i'd love to have it the problem is this is a game we should have walked into and walked out of winning by a couple scores and we didn't but like every issue we had in the pit game i saw duke just wasn't able to take advantage of it and honestly probably should have you know duke really beat us or almost beat us throwing a lot of the short game and we, we couldn't cover. Um, and so I I think we learned that we're still not a very good team. We still have a huge bunch of holes. Sim still struggles at times. I mean, his stat line was awful. No, and, Sims was Sims was not great. I, I still ride for Yates, and I have for a while, uh, honestly. The problem, the problem, I think, is Sims has such a higher ceiling that at times you're you're willing to accept the floor and the mistakes. I mean, especially in the run game. Uh, the problem is we seem to really struggle like basic option reads, which I know can figure. But there's a lot of stuff. And again, I, I hate to be the lazy play calling, play calling, play calling. But I, I think some of our run game stuff, especially with Jameer Gibbs, we run a lot of slow developing. With you know, we pull guys, we run counters. 
Whereas we don't have an offensive line that's really good enough to do any of that, so why not just try to quick hit him? I mean, I like a lot of what I've seen from Tonta Smith, again. And I think Smith might be a better player in terms of just getting the ball and making something happen. I'm not sure how great Gibbs is in traffic and and not and in trying to run behind a really bad offensive line. Like he's an incredible athlete and a great player. Like I really like Tamir Gibbs, but you know he struggled a lot this year. Um, he showed great in the passing game. You know the the touchdown catch to open yeah. the game was incredible, but I just well, I mean I think it just comes back to I mean we need to get consistent and. That's kind of why I don't like Sims, because you're right, he is very talented, especially with his legs, but at some point, you, you if the guy makes like two or three really great plays, but you still lose by 14 points, it's on a, the majority of the games you've played, it's not a great look, you know, just get somebody else in there. I don't know, and I also kind of think back to the Oklahoma game where they weren't afraid to bench, uh, you know, their their quarterback when he was making mistakes and put in somebody who's less experienced or somebody who is not technically the starter, and that really turned the things around against Texas. I mean, I'm just tired of seeing the same stuff over and over again. If the guy keeps making mistakes, switch him out. It's not that. It's not rocket science. But anyway, um, the thing about it with with quarterback shifts like that is there's so much more that goes into making the decision you know we don't sit in practice we don't sit in the locker room and I I think the issue too is you've got to be careful when you bench and start guys based upon because I mean the guys in the locker room in their mind know who they think the best one is they know who the guy that they think is going to put them in the best position to win and if you don't if you can't obviously show Hey, I've got to make this change to help us win games. You're gonna you're gonna struggle with locker room dynamics. So, uh, you know, I also I also have my my tinfoil hat conspiracy theories about hitching their horse to a guy they recruited, but that's a whole nother. Yeah, but at the same conspiracy time, conspiracy theory. Well, and the other problem is I don't know what is going on in the locker room, but I don't know that I haven't been able to talk to the players, but I don't know that they necessarily have a lot of faith in Collins either because they don't seem to play really well in the situations he puts them in, but I don't know. Maybe that's just, I don't know. Anyway, so talking about a few other games that happened this week, let's go ahead and get into it. So Artem, uh, since we already kind of touched on it, what were your thoughts on the Oklahoma-Texas game if uh, you paid attention to any of the Red River shootout? Um I was kind of blown away because I kind of wrote off Oklahoma pretty early on. The fact that they made a comeback in that game, that's got to be one of the more drastic comebacks uh, in that rivalry's history. But uh, you tell me. uh, You're from the area. You probably know a little bit more about that. I generally try to stay away from garbage TV. Uh, That includes uh, Texas University and the Oklahoma folks. Uh, but I'll, I'll follow it on my phone usually. So um, I guess I've noticed, you know, at halftime, Texas was up 38 to 20, and then they blew a huge lead essentially to a backup quarterback who their fans chanted wanting him to play. And he ended up going in because they are douchebags. Uh, benched Spencer Rattler, and the backup, Caleb Williams, mounted a, I believe it was a 21 point comeback. Uh, to bring them back into the game. 
eventually just destroying Texas's chances for for anything this year because you're not getting you're not getting in the college football playoff from the Big Twelve with two losses. Um, I expect a lot of other schools from this point forward to use the same strategy that they used um, to stop Texas when they play against them. That that second half, they essentially shut them down except for one big uh, passing play. Uh, for Oklahoma, um, I, I think they get some relief now. You know, they were crapping all over Spencer Rattler for weeks now. The fan base was very angry about um, how he was playing. We'll, we'll see if, if he hasn't transferred out by next week, honestly. But uh, I think Caleb Williams is just a different guy. He makes different decisions, and sometimes you put a new guy, and they're good for a couple weeks, and you have another down slope. Um, they have a good system, so you know when one guy doesn't play well, to me, that's not the one guy. Uh, I think Spencer Rattler's still a good quarterback, but I, that's something Oklahoma's going to have to deal with down the line. They'll eventually drop a game uh, because they're playing Caleb Williams, so they'll have a bad game. Um, like I said, Spencer Rattler probably ends up at Ole Miss by the end of this season. That'd be pretty bold, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't put it past him. Um, Andrew, any thoughts on the Oklahoma-Texas game? I know you weren't really able to watch it. Uh, it was just nuts. Um, I, I think Artem kind of hit him, but I think, I think Spencer Rattler's Oklahoma career is probably done. Just, just purely, I mean, we know he's not the type from an emotional standpoint to deal well with criticism, so you'd think he's just done based on how the fans are treating him, essentially? Again, I think we get it back into the issue of, of you've got to be careful with locker room dynamics. You've got to be careful with how guys are going to handle it. And, I mean, who's you got next week? Uh, Oklahoma. Um... They're home to TCU. So uh, that may be an interesting one because, I mean, it looks like you look at their schedule. They play Iowa State and Oklahoma State at the end of the year, and those are, I mean, Baylor maybe. But, I mean, it's TCU, Kansas, Texas Tech. So there, there may be some time to, to get it sorted out, but I think the problem is Williams came in and played so well that you're going to really be hard-pressed to to sit him. Um, so I I don't know. Um, I, I think the interesting thing to me, completely unrelated, is the weakness of this year's quarterback class. I mean, you think about it, you know, who are your top names going into the season? Rattler, Howell... Um, Ritter. Ritter. Ritter's played well. But, I mean, Howell's struggled. Rattler's obviously struggled. Uh, Carson Strong in Nevada. The Arizona State quarterback, what's his name? Uh, Jaden Daniels. I think Jaden Daniels played pretty well. Uh, Ritter. Keaton Slovis is hurt. Cincinnati quarterback? Yeah, Desmond Ritter. Yeah, we've, played well. We've covered him. I mean, I think the problem is the ones that we expected to be good have kind of been disappointing, and I think maybe part of that is because a lot of them, this is actually their second uh, big year or their, like, extra year. But uh, a lot of the quarterbacks that have not had those expectations have come out and been pretty darn good, I thought. But I, I don't know. You're right, I think. Um, I, so I, I have a quick question. Do you know which quarterback currently leads the country in passing yardage? In passing yardage? It's... Yeah. I actually think I looked this up earlier. Don't cheat. Don't look it up. Is it Who the, do you think it is? What's the Baylor quarterback's name? Nope. Okay. Well, I don't know then. Mississippi uh, State. 
It is Brennan Armstrong at Virginia. Okay. With 2,400 yards and 17 touchdowns. Yeah, that's pretty good. They must be mostly throwing the ball. Well, they're going to kill us. Yes, he's thrown 31, 36, 54, 59, 44, and 60. His lowest yardage was 268 against Miami. His most was 554 and a loss to North Carolina. He's thrown 17 touchdowns and six interceptions. So if you want to do the reverse sheep, you know, go against that one. That's not a good <laughs> But, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's – I mean, that, that'll that happen every year, though. I mean, some of these guys are kind of developing. What year yeah, is Yeah, I mean, there's, there's always going to be a late-blooming guy that gets a lot of pre- – I mean, Zach Wilson at BYU coming into the season last year was good but not talked about. You what's know, a, so. what's uh, the quarterback at – Pittsburgh getting a lot of hype too. Yeah. Oh, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, Pickett. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely talented guys out there. The other problem is that a lot Yugale <laughs> I probably the biggest disappointment. But yeah, I think a lot of it is put on how they practice versus how they perform on the field. So I don't know how that's gonna translate to the NFL, but uh yeah, I think some of them are doing Grayson McCall at Coastal's had a pretty good year. I would like to see him succeed. Yeah, he's been pretty talented. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think there is still plenty of guys in the draft class for quarterbacks. I just think that they're not the people you would expect, uh, or that we were kind of coming into the season hyping up. Uh, but that's part of the, that's part of the excitement of the whole process. Uh, speaking of high flying offenses, uh, Arkansas, Ole Miss. Oh boy, uh, Ole Miss walked away with a oh, one point win. <laughs> yeah, one point win in overtime by Ole Miss. I was totally blown away by that. Um, Andrew, any thoughts on that matchup? I I caught the the tail end of that game. I mean, it, I think it showed us exactly what we expect from teams led by Lane Kiffin. His Ole Miss teams have been teams that will score 50 on you but give up 52. Um, I think Arkansas being able to go shot for shot with them was pretty interesting. You know, we'd seen Arkansas get pretty muzzled and, and, and dominated by Georgia, so we didn't really know a lot about Arkansas. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was it was a fun game uh, as someone who wasn't really emotionally invested in it. was a lot of fun to watch. You know, a lot of credit to Sam Pittman at Arkansas for having the balls to go for two late in the game. Like uh, you got to respect that. They won. Yeah, they lost, but man, you got to respect that. I mean, he wanted to win, so I, I can't fault him for that, you know. But uh, I was, I was just impressed by the shootout. I think what impressed me the most in the game was I had really coming into this matchup after what I saw Arkansas do against Georgia. I was kind of dumping on them from an offensive standpoint because. What I saw in the Georgia game was that if you shut down the run, uh, Arkansas can't do anything. Well, they proved me wrong <laughs> with yeah Jefferson throwing for 326 yards, 25 for 35. That was, like, very impressive, uh, all things considered. Uh, I, I think Arkansas is going to be a scary team in the future. But uh, right now, Lane Kiffin's got their edge on offense. Uh, Artem, what are your thoughts on that match? I disagree with Andrew. I thought it was dumb as fuck to go for two there. Um, I watched most of the fourth quarter and a little bit of the third, and, you know, it, the very last, like, five minutes, they were just trading scores, and 
Arkansas was down by a touchdown, and their his team had essentially the the perseverance to go through and get a touchdown, and and then they go for two. And the the go for two play was the same as the last three plays they ran. They're in the same play three times, and the quarterback for the two point like it doesn't matter if you throw an interception in that case, dude. Like get, give your guy a chance. He overthrew him by like a yard. It was too high in the air. Um, I thought it was a bad decision to go for it when your team is playing that well, when you're pretty much doing whatever you want to the Ole Miss defense. I think you you then rely on your offensive line and the fact that you can just keep pushing them around and go in a, go to overtime if you have to, and then you know fail on two point attempts after what the second overtime. But I I, I just I understand in some cases if like your quarterback's out or you're like you know what my best players just. Not going to be there. Can't afford to go to overtime. We're going to lose. I just didn't feel like it was that sort of scenario. Um, I think it said more about Ole Miss to me than it did about Arkansas. Um, and I'm excited. that Before, I was kind of scared as an Aggie fan to play Ole Miss. But watching that future defense, I'm excited now. We're going to keep the ball away from them for like 40 minutes. And maybe they'll score a couple touchdowns. But I expect to beat them at this point, especially after that, that matchup uh, against Alabama. So, um, I don't know. I, I think Arkansas drops two, one to two to three more games this year in matchups just based on decision-making in the last couple of games I watched from them. Uh, and it's stuff I, I don't agree with, right? But obviously, as a coach on the field, um, you feel differently. Just uh, in retrospect, was he wrong? Yes, because they lost. If he was right, then I'd be wrong, and he, he would have been a genius. Yeah, I mean, it's always tough. I always kind of come back to the uh, Coach Peterson uh, play where Boise State made that two-point conversion against Oklahoma in the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl where it's like if you're running the same play and you just keep showing them the same thing, then show that play but run a different play. And uh, I don't know if that's – I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch the entire game, so I can't say that that was necessarily – uh, that they were just going with what worked or if there was some other circumstance that caused them to run that play. But, you know, you do like to see a little bit of diversity if you're going to make a decision like that. But I, I do, at the end of the day, I'm more on Andrew's side where I'm like, you know, if you feel like this is your chance to win the game and you want to take it, then uh, go for it, especially if the rest of the team is behind you. But uh, obviously didn't work out in this case. Uh it's one of those plays. It's one of those plays where if it works, he's a genius, and everyone loves him. If it doesn't work, he's the worst coach ever. It's yeah. like it's like big punts and onside kicks, and if it works, everyone loves you. If it fails, they think you're terrible. Yeah, I mean that's that's sports though. Uh, yep. Few other games to burn through. So Penn State at Iowa. Was, this... uh, Paul Johnson one time said talking about fans. He's like, you know, if I started listening to you guys more often, I'd probably be sitting next to you by next year. <laughs> Probably. I mean, hasn't stopped other coaches. Anyway, uh, Penn State on the road at Iowa. So Iowa led a comeback win in this one, getting 10 points in the fourth quarter, and part of that was that Penn State lost their starting quarterback in Sam Clifford. So that definitely had an impact on the game, although he threw two interceptions before that, so I'm not sure how I feel about that. Uh Artem, how are you feeling about the Big Ten now? Is it looking like Iowa coming out of this, or do you still think uh, it'll be Ohio State possibly walking away? 
Iowa should have lost that game. Um, I, I think they got lucky that Lifford got knocked out and the backup just couldn't do anything. He looked like Calzado when we had our starter knocked out at the very end. I love he, he didn't come up with it. Again, this is like backseat fan coaching, but I did love I was sitting there watching uh, the the final drive of the game, and my girlfriend's just sitting there yelling, like, just run for it, you stupid idiot. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> the kid, you know, you're dealing with an inexperienced kid. Sometimes you just can't make the best decision. But Iowa definitely got away with one. So it's... Uh, yeah. It, it evens the playing field, I think, again, right? <laughs> I think Iowa won one, but they still have a bunch of giants on their schedule, so we'll see how they keep playing. But a bunch of teams have one loss now, so you're Ohio State who lost to Oregon, and you were down on yourself. You now see that, and the conference is wide open. Yeah, I am kind of, I am kind of interested in maybe seeing a rematch of these two teams in the uh, championship if it goes that way. But like you said, a lot of other teams to get through. Andrew, any thoughts on the matchup? I'm just glad that Iowa pulled it off, so I didn't look dumb. Fair, fair point. I mean, you and it, Artem, Artem also picked Iowa. I was the one who got left out. Uh, well, I picked against Iowa twice, and they'd fucked me. Although, to be fair, one of that times was because of the coin. And as we've talked about on this show, the coin is a bastard. Yeah, you never forget the coin. Uh, no, never. The other, the other matchup in the Big Ten we want to talk about, Michigan, still undefeated. God help us all. Um, the Cornhuskers, i got to say, kept it a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Uh, although, Artem kind of saw it coming. But I'm going to start with you, Andrew. Uh, what were your takeaways from this game, other than Nebraska's really good in the third quarter? I didn't really watch it. I do feel a little bit for Nebraska. I saw somewhere that all of their losses have been one-score losses to top ten teams. Like, I just want to look. So they lost. Yeah, they lost to. Well, they other than the Illinois loss, but like they lost to number three OU, number twenty Michigan State, and number nine Michigan. Like, you know, close losses. So you got to give them credit for that. Uh, they've kind of rebounded now. I think they've got two winnable games with Minnesota and Purdue. Uh, unfortunately, they do have to play Ohio State and Iowa, so uh, good luck, Nebraska. But I do think a bowl game would save Scott Frost's job, but... It's going to be tough. Yeah, big, matchup, big matchup with Minnesota this weekend, who's also reeling a little bit. Yeah. Artem, do you have any thoughts on the uh, Michigan-Nebraska matchup? Uh, just the fact that we haven't seen anything out of... Michigan yet that would say that Michigan is better than what we think they are. I mean, they have a couple matchups coming up that'll tell us more about that. Yeah. I mean, they really struggled against Rutgers, uh, and uh, obviously this game here against Nebraska. I mean, in general, yeah, I'm not, I haven't been blown away by what I've seen by Michigan, but who knows? They're, the bulk of their schedule is about to come up. Um, and then I guess the final game I want to talk about is uh, Notre Dame surviving on the road at Virginia Tech on a last-second field goal. Um, I mean, at this point, Notre Dame has had a lot of struggles on the field. Artem, how much credit are you giving Notre Dame at this point, or if you're giving them any credit? They're still winning these games, right? Uh, So as long as they keep winning, they keep getting credit. I don't think there's – 
I think they're favored in every single matchup for the rest of the year, but I also think there's a couple of trap games there with USC and Stanford, depending on how much effort those two teams get, decide to put up. Uh, but I, I don't really see Notre Dame losing another game this year, so unfortunately we may have to be stuck with the hearing more about how Notre Dame deserves to be in the playoff before they get blown the fuck out again. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Andrew, since we're going to be playing Notre Dame down the line, what were your any thoughts on uh, Virginia Tech uh, or Notre Dame based on their performances here? I'm just trying to look at this game and figure out what actually happened. Because I'm still not sure what happened. It was a really evenly matched numbers game. Two turnovers on either scene, either side. I'm not really certain what happened. Uh, Arm kind of hit on it. Notre Dame keeps winning. So they're at least doing something right that a lot of other teams can't seem to do. But uh, USC, I think, is packed it in. I don't think that game's going to matter. Uh, you know, we saw USC get wrecked by Utah. I don't I don't think. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a rivalry game. I get it. But it's in South Bend. And it's off a bye week for the Irish. Yeah, and again, USC just seems to have somewhat packed it in for the year. The North Carolina game will be interesting. Uh, we know North Carolina's offensive line is terrible. So who knows what's going to happen there. They do get to play Navy, but this is a bad Navy team. The at Virginia game, I think, gets kind of interesting because as we were talking about earlier with Brennan Armstrong and that Virginia offense, who knows if Virginia can stop anyone. Obviously, they have shown they really can. They did beat Louisville this weekend. Uh, but we're not going to be a challenge. They're going to kill us. And Stanford, we still don't know a lot about. Stanford kind of goes up and down. They had the big one against Oregon, and then they lost to UCLA the next week. So who knows which Stanford team we're going to get. But I do think Artem is kind of right that we will get discussions of a one-loss Notre Dame and and the playoffs. Although this year, I don't think they deserve it at all. This is not a, a good Notre Dame schedule. You know, USC is not good. Stanford's not good. They didn't really play the Clemsons or... Even, I mean, hell, undefeated Wake Forest this year what, in terms of ACC teams. Well, what about the big game they got against Navy on the schedule? Navy's going to lose. <laughs> this is a bad Navy team. Um, yeah, the, uh, so I think this is a year where Notre Dame, even with one loss, doesn't really sniff the playoffs outside of just complete and utter anarchy. So, especially if you have an undefeated Cincinnati, because Cincinnati will have that win in hand against Notre Dame. So Yeah. All right, well... Uh, Artem, do you have any other games you'd like to discuss before uh, we move on to the Blue Hose Report? No, let's do it. All right, hit us with it, Andrew. So close. So close. Uh, the Blue Hose played the Moorhead State Eagles, which I have heard of Moorhead State, and they lost 38-30. to uh, Red Halfley was 50 of 80 for 551 yards, four touchdowns, and three interceptions. And that's really kind of been the issue with Presbyterian is the turnovers have just killed them. They're also four of 12 on fourth down, so that doesn't really help. They had 611 total yards, 551 yards through the air. They just, they got to stop turning the ball over. I mean, it's it's killing them. So, you know, the, the schedule's still, you know, we're in the Pioneer, pioneer league play they play davidson next week at davidson which man that actually be kind of fun to go to that game in davidson but davidson's 2-0 in the conference so don't really like their chances there um they do get to play stetson in a couple of weeks stetson's 0-2 like presbyterian so that might be the the best chance for a presbyterian pioneer league win but yeah it's been a 
After a pretty awesome, exciting start, been a, a really rough couple of weeks for the Blue Hose. Hey, can't always can't always be smooth sailing, despite how quick they got off the line. But uh, we'll see. They're years ahead in the future. Do you? I don't suppose you have the record of the Blue Hose up to this point. Like, what were their record before? Uh, the new coach got there. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm going to guess. Bad. <laughs> Not great. Um, yes. Uh, let's let's go to the Wikipedia and see what the Wikipedia says. All right. So good start is there is a Wikipedia page for Blue Hose football season. They have been playing football since 1913. Oh, this is their first season. No, 1913. Okay. So they've been playing football for over 100 years. Oh, I thought you said they had not played since 1913. Okay. No, no. And actually, continuously for that long. So credit to them. Uh, Let's see. So the guy before... Okay, so it has been updated since 2018. So... Tommy Spangler went two and eight in 2018, and four and seven in 2017. Their last winning record, they went six and five in 2014. They went six and five in 2007. Uh, they made the Division Two playoffs in 2005. They went ten and two. Okay. Well, it hasn't been that long, I guess. So yeah, I mean, they have a history of some success. We'll see. I mean. Starting in 2018, two and eight, four and seven, two and nine, two and nine, six and five, three and eight, two and nine, four and seven, two and nine, zero oh and eleven, four and eight, six and five. Yeah. Wait, why did they go from the Big South to the Pioneer? Oh, I don't they know. They dropped scholarships. Wow. They chose to do that. That wow, yeah, that's that's pretty intense. So that might I be. I don't know if I can think of another school that's ever done that. All right. Well. We'll have to do a uh, biography at another time on the school, but right now we're getting into the uh, picks. Do you want to – I'll let you – if you want to draw up a script for us to just talk about the Presbyterian football program, I'd be down for that. But for now, uh, let's – Maybe some off-season chatter. Yeah. For now, let's get into it. So this week, our picks – let's go ahead. So – Georgia Tech versus bye week. Um, We're going to lose. Yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup. I'll give you that. I mean, there's no spread given by Vegas, so I think we're coming off at even against bye week. But uh, So it's going to be close. But uh, I'll take us just to be safe. I don't know. Andrew, who do you get? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely going to pick bye week. Okay, bye week. Gotcha. Bye week is undefeated. And uh, Artem, who you got? I'll go with Georgia Tech. Actually, no, I'll go with bye week because Andrew said Georgia Tech can't win two games in a row. Nope, it's <laughs> <laughs> a problem. Well, well thought out plan there. Okay, on to our serious matchups. So Texas A&M at Mizzou. Obviously, Texas A&M coming off their big win against Alabama. Uh, they have now moved back up into the top twenty-five rankings. They are ranked number twenty-one. Um. And 
Frank, they're getting nine points at Mizzou, and honestly, that might be a little low based on how Mizzou has played. They Mizzou has not been impressive. Uh, I'm definitely going to go with the Aggies on this one. I don't know if they'll beat the spread, but they should if Calzada shows up like he did against Alabama. So I'm taking Texas A&M. Artem, who do you got? A weird game. It's 11 a.m., which we're not used to because we're not a shitty team like Texas who plays 11 a.m. every fucking week. But um, I'm going to pick the Aggies here. and I think it's going to be over. Uh, Mizzou gives up an average of 286 rushing yards per game. Um, and we have arguably the two best running backs duo in the league. So you don't even have to have Calzada pass. Just hand the ball off for, like, however many carries it takes to get to the end zone and just keep doing that. And when they bring everybody in the box, throw it over the top. This is going to be like the New Mexico game, 34-0. They'll probably get some points off some of our mistakes, but I don't don't see us losing to Mizzou. All right. I would have said this before the Alabama game. (laughs) Fair enough. Andrew, who do you got? A&M, it's not close. Mizzou is terrible. That's their, their their wins are Central Michigan, Southeast Missouri State, and North Texas. They gave up sixty two points to Tennessee. Yeah, and then fired their defensive line coach. So you know, hey, you know progress. Right? Interesting fact: they lost to a decent Boston College team in overtime. But yeah, I don't I don't think Missouri is very good. Yeah, Boston College was the one where they seem to have showed up, but everything else has been yeah, pretty bad. They're uh, not good, and they've got an so they have to play a And M. They get a reprieve to go at Vanderbilt. Then they're at Georgia. Then they get South Carolina. Then they're against Florida. Then they're at Arkansas. Yeah. It's not It's not looking good for the rest of their schedule. There. I will go out on a limb and say, I don't think Missouri makes a bowl game this year. That's not a saying a whole lot. All right. No. Next up on the list, Oklahoma State at University of Texas. So... Ah, dude, I just don't trust the Texas. Texas just blew that giant lead to a second-string quarterback in their probably their biggest rivalry game. Uh, probably. Uh, and, you know, then you're going to come to me and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to play another team from Oklahoma State or from Oklahoma and uh, expect them to win. I am, frankly, I'm surprised that Oklahoma is getting five points by according to Vegas, uh, I take Oklahoma State a hundred percent in this one. Andrew, who do you got? Yeah, um, why did no one tell me Oklahoma State was undefeated? Also, looking at the the game preview on ESPN, there is way too much orange. <laughs> like holy cow! So again, so this is where I get I get really confused. A Texas is a five point favorite, which I don't understand. But I also don't understand how a five-point favorite translates into a 78.4% chance to win, according to ESPN's FPI. Well, especially after those the num- last game. It makes no sense. Yeah. Like Those numbers make no sense to me. How is a five-point favorite think you have an almost 80% chance to win? Like That doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm absolutely going to go with the Cowboys. I like Mike Gundy. I really wish he still had his mullet. I don't trust Texas at all, as we've learned. So, yeah, it is. It was a Daryl K. Royal Memorial Stadium at something-something field at something-something Texas. Yeah, it's going to be Oklahoma State. All right, Artem, who do you got, and why is it Oklahoma State? I'm going to go with Okie 
light here for sure. Uh, just because fuck Texas, but some I guess real reasons. Uh, they're allowing less than. I mean, to be yards. to be fair, fuck Texas is a perfectly acceptable. Reason. I, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> I got some good reasons. Uh, so the F, the, way, the FBI, right? That's based on recruits. So when Texas gets a recruit, they all of a sudden go up in ranking. So every single time they have a class that's in the top 25. So then you can compare the recruiting classes between Texas and Oklahoma State, and Texas should be winning. The 78% is the should should be winning. But then you add boosters and coaches into that mix, and uh, a team that allows less than 100 yards per game, and Sarkeesian doesn't have alcohol to help him this time. The one, <laughs> his first season as a head coach. Damn. Yeah, I Shots fired. I said it. I said it. Uh, that's, yeah. Okay. Well, that, that, that's just a little. And, and another. Oh, hey. Hey, he fucked up. So. Sorry. Not sorry. Uh, and another 11 a.m. barn burner. Okay. Uh, <laughs> still got a reeling from that comment, but yeah, you know, I mean, you're not wrong. Um, okay. Next up, we've got uh, Auburn at Arkansas. So, I mean, I, I have ranted so much about uh, Auburn and what, uh, how much faith or confusion Auburn gives me every week. At this point, I, I'm just doing this as a makeup pick to Arkansas. I didn't trust them at all against Old Miss. And Arkansas has come back and been like, Hey, guess what? You know, we sucked against Georgia, but that doesn't mean you should just write us off entirely. Um, so, I mean, that game against Ole Miss was very winnable. Uh, I think this Arkansas team is favored against Auburn at home, and I think that's the right choice. Uh, I'm going to go with Arkansas in this one. Artem, who do you got? Yeah, Minnesota lit, uh, lost to Bowling Green. Uh, I think Arkansas is going to win this one. Their offense is too good. They're playing Auburn, man. <laughs> but okay. Wait, what did I say? You said Minnesota lost. The, you said Minnesota lost the Bowling Green, which is true. Yeah, Nebraska's gonna win. Did I say Arkansas instead of Nebraska? Well, we're talking about Arkansas. You're you're looking They're at the wrong Auburn. Matchup. Like what? <laughs> oh man, have you been drinking? <laughs> Not yet. Oh, I skipped. I skipped that one when I picked it. Yeah, I it's. A, lined up. Well, we I know, even heard you say it. I was like, oh, okay. We um, know. We know which one you're gonna pick for next one. Okay, <laughs> but anyway, uh, Andrew. Start drinking after that one. Uh, well, hold up. <laughs> Let me pick Auburn and Arkansas. Um, I'll go with Auburn here. Really? Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, do you want to th- throw some stuff out there, or is it? Uh, um, I think Arkansas has got two losses now. Um, I think Pittman's got a bunch of older guys on the team. They're eventually going to start opting out after after these losses. Uh, like I said, I thought it was a dumb decision not to trust this team last game. Um, I think Bo is going to run around. Uh, he's going to beat the Arkansas defense. Uh, Ole Miss kind of Ole Miss is really the team that shows you how to beat a defense this year, unless they're playing Alabama. So I, I think uh, Auburn just looks at that footprint and they have a breakout game that they've been waiting for all season. All right. I mean, that is an interesting take to be like, they just played Georgia, so you saw how to beat their offense, and now they just played Ole Miss, so you saw how to beat their defense. Um, all right, but yeah, Andrew, uh, do you agree with that assessment? Uh, I, I fucking hate 
picking Auburn. <laughs> Not for the same reasons you hate them. I hate them because I don't trust Auburn. I just, I cannot, again, Auburn is such a wishy-washy, good, bad, who knows, what the hell. You know, Bo Nix is uh, Kenny Pickett on steroids. You know, you'll get world beater Bo Nix, and you'll get, you know, scrub pickup game Bo Nix. You know, Thanksgiving with your family Bo Nix. You know, who knows? Um, Auburn played Georgia better then Arkansas played Georgia. Auburn actually scored, so that's kind of cool. In terms of wins, not, none of them have any... I mean, the biggest win, arguably, for Arkansas was A&M. So, Auburn's loss has been a close loss to a decent Penn State team and then blown out by Georgia. So, I think I'm going to go with Auburn. I'm not super confident about it, and I'm probably going to be wrong, but I think I'm going to pick the Tigers in this one. Okay, wow. Bold takes. All right, so next up, okay, now we're talking about <laughs> Nebraska at Minnesota. So, uh, yeah, both of these teams have had weird seasons. Nebraska has looked good but has is in kind of in the opposite way of Notre Dame, has found ways to lose close matchups. And Minnesota has really struggled of late. Uh, they lost to Bowling Green. wasn't great. Um, so it's kind of a messy situation. The Cornhuskers are currently favored by two and a half. And I mean, I could really see this going either way, but if I have to go off what I've seen on paper and what I've seen from who they've played, uh, it's gotta be Nebraska. They've played better teams and they've kept it closer on a more consistent basis. Minnesota has had some struggles against very against Bowling Green and some teams they probably really shouldn't struggle against. So I, I'm definitely going to go with Nebraska. So, Andrew, who do you got? He said he'll be right back. Oh, apologies. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go. Yeah, go, uh, go ahead. Sorry, I missed that. I got Nebraska in this one. I think their offense is – I mean, if you look at Martinez's stat line, uh, he's twice as good as the Minnesota quarterback. I don't think their defense is good enough. Um, their quarterback is inconsistent. I think Nebraska is just going to put off a lot of points here, either at the very beginning or the, at the end, and Minnesota is going to be catching up the whole game. I think this puts them at 4-4 for Nebraska, and um, they probably scratch one more win out, and then uh, I honestly count them for one big upset this year. I don't know who it will be, but I think they'll beat somebody. Fair enough. All right. So they, they actually could be at the bowl game. Uh, Andrew, we're talking Nebraska-Minnesota. Who do you got in this matchup? You know, really a, a discussion of disappointing teams. Uh, I think we expected a lot more from Minnesota given what they've done in the past and what P.J. Flex really built up there. Uh, Nebraska, you can't really expect much from Nebraska right now. You're They've been in a rebuild mode since they fired Frank Solich, so you're really trying to figure that out. But I, I think I'm going to pick the Cornhuskers just because I do like Adrian Martinez a lot. I like what they do on offense. And I think it'll be a really interesting game. Like we said, Nebraska, outside of the Illinois loss, has lost close to really good teams. And so I think that's that's going to help them. And, and I think this is the game where they kind of turn that corner. Is a bowl game possible? Yeah, I think they get Purdue and Wisconsin as winnable games left on the schedule. 
Um, unfortunately, they also have Ohio State and Iowa, so don't think they're going to win either of those. But if they can win the, the three out of those last five, that's a bowl game. So that's cool. That might save Scott Frost's job. Who knows? I mean, it's possible. Uh, next up, BYU at Baylor. So BYU had a tough loss last week against Boise State. Uh, I was actually watching the uh, college game day, and they were talking about how BYU could potentially make the playoff, which I didn't really agree with. But, I mean, they were undefeated. They were ranked. They had a pretty good schedule, so I get it. Um, but, no, I think uh, the loss to Boise pretty much knocks them out of that. Uh, this week, going on the road to Baylor, uh, even though BYU is ranked, Baylor is favored by four and a half. And I keep looking at their quarterback and Jerry Bohannon. I believe that's how it's pronounced, not Gary Bohannon. I don't know. Uh, but he's averaging, uh, you know, he's averaging some ridiculous numbers, hasn't thrown a uh, interception yet. I really got to go with Baylor. Um, they've looked good and... I'm going to ride with them. I guess we'll see how that goes. Uh, Andrew, who do you got right in this matchup? So, I haven't really watched either of these teams. So, I don't really know much about them. Looking at schedules, you know, Baylor's losses to an undefeated Oklahoma State. BYU uses to a pretty good Boise State team, or at least we think a pretty good Boise State team. They do have wins over Arizona State and Utah. The Arizona State win, I think, continues to carry given that Arizona State's only loss is that BYU loss but I really like Dave Aranda who's the head coach at Baylor I really like him as defensive coordinator so it's been interesting that he's he's really kind of made a name at Baylor offensively uh, they're not bad on defense they're only giving up 17.8 points per game and they're, they're holding teams to under 200 yards rushing and under 200 yards passing which is really really good especially in today's modern offensive systems the win against Iowa State was a big one. Iowa State, we think, is a pretty good team. So, I think I'm going to go with the Bears. This game's in Waco. So, you know, you can't disappoint Chip and Joanna Gaines. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Artem, who do you got in this matchup? Well, I was driving past Waco a couple weekends ago, and I saw Chip and Joanna Gaines building, like, a, a torture chamber <laughs> uh, near the the water towers and the, the facility they got down there. It was like cookies, cupcakes, hot and baked stuff by, by uh, Chip, and then there was a torture facility right next to there. So uh, it's definitely to make sure that their money is well spent. It's beyond me how a 5-1 and one Baylor Bear team is not ranked. Um, but I, I think they have a really good defense. Um, I think they've done well. Their only loss is uh, Oklahoma State and uh, – we believe that's a good team. Um, BYU got disappointed last game. I think we'll see a little bit more of that. I, I didn't watch it, but I'm guessing something happened to the quarterback for them to score only 17. Uh, he's been really good, and but he's very injury-prone. I'm going to check on that. Uh, what's his name? Jaron Hall. i got to go check out to see if, if he's all right. Um, but he's thrown three interceptions. Uh, Bo Hannon's thrown zero and has 500 more yards and five more touchdowns. Or three more touchdowns. So I'm going to go with Baylor here. Better offense, better defense. Gotcha. Yeah, so we're all on the Baylor train. Uh, next up, Pitt going on the road to Virginia Tech. So 
I mean, the uh, the reason this one's on here is basically because Pitt's still looking like the top runner in the Coastal at this point. Uh, Virginia Tech looked pretty good against uh, Notre Dame last week, even though they ended up losing by a field goal. But, uh, God, Pitt's just been so good in general. Uh, I did not see this coming out the gates, but they have really turned it on. I'm going to roll with Pitt. I feel like I'm pissing somebody off. Somebody's breathing really heavy. Pitt hasn't played anybody. Okay. Pitt's best win is against Tennessee. Their other wins are UMass, who is winless, New Hampshire is an FCS program, and Georgia Tech, who blows balls. That's fair. That's a fair They take. lost to Western Michigan. Okay. Like, Pitt's not a very good football team. They can't run the ball, except against bad teams. And Virginia Tech's pretty good on defense. This is in Lane Stadium. Kenny Pickett is due for a shitty game. we got to get bad Kenny Pickett. I'm going to pick the Hokies. Because I'm starting to hate Pitt more than I hate Virginia Tech, and that takes a lot. That's, that's, uh, that's wow, that's on another level. Uh, Artem. <laughs> you kinda, Andrew kind of jumped you there, but Artem, Sorry. who do you have in this matchup? <laughs> that's totally fine. I'm going to go with Pitt here. I don't think Virginia Tech's really played anybody either, and they lost to an iffy Notre Dame team and West Virginia, who we've seen. <laughs> shit the bed all year. And then they're, they beat a top 10 UNC team, 17-10, and we've seen UNC also lost to Florida State now. So, uh, and just a bunch of losses piling up there. So I think uh, probably a high-scoring game here, but I think Pitt comes away with it. They're, uh, you know, Pitt gets thrown 19 touchdowns and one interception. It's tough to beat. Uh, that's fair. Um, both of those are fair points. Uh... <laughs> That hit a nerve I wasn't expecting. Next up on the list, uh, this one is for you, Andrew, so hopefully you don't get upset about it. Arizona State going on the road to Utah. So Utah is 3-2, and two, but is 2-0 and oh in the Pac-12, and Arizona State is 5-1, and one, but is 3-0 and oh in the Pac-12. That only loss being to BYU, of course, as we talked about earlier. Uh, both these teams are essentially controlling their destiny in it's the South, right? They don't have weird yes. names. Yes, no, it's north and the South. So they're controlling their destinies in the South. So the winner of this matchup will theoretically uh, be um, in the driver's seat for winning the uh, Pac-12 South. But uh, a, a lot of a lot of college football left to be played. But both of these are going off currently. Arizona State's favored by a point. I'm firm for Herm. You guys know me, so I'm gonna go with Arizona State. Uh, Artem, who do you got? Arizona State, firm for Herm. I don't have a good reason. That's, that's fair. That's my take too. Uh, Andrew, are you going to give us an actual reason, or do you want to just go, go with your pick? So this is the fun, both teams lost to BYU game. That's true. By almost identical scores, Arizona State 27-17, to 17, Utah 26-17. to 17. So, fun fact for the day. Arizona State has not lost since. Utah lost to San Diego State the next week. I am firm for Herm, and the, the reason it's really interesting to me is Arizona State's played really good defense which is kind of crazy for, for the Pac-12. They're giving up under 300 yards per game. They're giving up 16 points per game. And I, I'm not sure how great Utah's offense really is. So I think it's going to be a game where Arizona State's able to get some stops, play good defense, and do enough offensively to win the game. It is on the road, but 
uh, I'm going to stick with you, man. I think I'm going to I'm going to stay firm for Herm. All righty, everybody's on that Arizona State train. Toot toot. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, UCLA at Washington. So. I picked this game not really because I think it's going to be interesting because when I looked at it, I was just like, yeah, of course UCLA wins this one. What confused me is I looked at this game, and for some reason Vegas is giving Washington the point spread, so they're expecting Washington to win by a point, which doesn't make any sense to me from what we've seen out of a Washington team that lost to Montana and is currently sitting at 2-3. and Against the UCLA team that's four and two. Granted, they lost to Fresno State. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. I'm going with UCLA. Uh, I just think they're a better team right now. Andrew, who do you got in this matchup? So I was actually talking to somebody today about how I thought Jimmy Lake at Washington, the head coach, might be on the hot seat. But I think I'm wrong. It's only his second year. And he, he technically went 3-1 and one and won the North last year in their, like, weird four-game abbreviated season. So I don't think he's on the hot seat. <sighs> Washington's been really disappointing this year. They were definitely a team that had, had started to kind of solidify themselves as a contender in the North. And, I mean, they lost to Oregon State last week, which, again, can we can we continue to talk about a 4-2 and two Oregon State that still leads the Pac-12 North? Like, I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of world. Yeah, I don't think the world. I don't think the world is ready. No. I know, right? So I'm, man. the The problem is, UCLA doesn't seem to be able to defend the pass at all. They're giving up 300 yards a game, but they're only giving up 92 yards per game on the ground. And Washington's offense hasn't looked great. So that's a weird game. I think I'm going to go with UCLA. Just because I think their offense can do more. Um, they're really going to have to honestly figure out a way to, to stop the pass because it looks like that's what killed them most of the year. So, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to pick the Bruins. But, man, it's a weird game. I, that's exactly why it's on here. Artem, uh, who do you got in this matchup? UCLA, and I don't think it's even close. I don't know why this is a one-point swing towards Washington. I don't think they played anybody that would indicate that they could win this. I don't think they have the talent. UCLA's going to run all over them. All right. Fair enough. Uh, we're all on the UCLA train. Uh, next up, <laughs> let's just keep hauling all these trains. We're just hauling to all of them. Next up, personal picks. So... Oh, I put this on here twice. But yeah, so we're talking about personal picks. Artem, I'll let you lead off. Uh, who is your pick this week? I don't know if it was originally on the list or not, but for some reason I had NC State Boston College open. Um, so I'm going to go, it looks like NC State is a two-point favorite versus Boston College. They're both 4-1. and one. Uh, I, I think this is NC State's year. I think they're doing great. Uh, they beat Clemson in overtime. Um, they lost to Mississippi State. They haven't had any impressive wins, but really uh, Boston College hasn't had any either, and they just lost to Clemson. So I think uh, the Wolfpack goes into uh, – where, where's their stadium at? Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. There we go. And uh, and beats them, and I think it's more than two points. I think it's uh, it's a touchdown or more. 
Okay, wow. I mean, I, I'm not going to disagree with you on paper. I just feel like you're underestimating how unlucky NC State can be sometimes. But uh, I'm sure Andrew could tell you a, a good podcast to listen to about that. But anyway. Is it, uh, is it Boston College's Red Bandana game? Ooh, I don't I thought know. they already did that. I thought, I thought it would, they did that. I thought it already happened. Mizzou. I think they did it against Mizzou. Yeah, because isn't it closer to... Uh... I always thought it was like later in the year. Oh, don't show me pictures of it. Oh, no, they did uh, it... September. Oh, yeah, then it... Yeah, you may be right. Yeah, they did it earlier this year because there's a reason. Oh, just because it's the 20th anniversary. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So anyway. Uh, Andrew, what's your personal matchup? Uh, I'm not going to pick the USA-Panama match because the USA already lost that because we suck. But I am going to discuss and pick the North Carolina A&T Aggies. Traveling to Kennesaw, Georgia, in Fifth Third Bank Stadium to take on the Kennesaw State Owls. So, as everyone here knows, I love Kennesaw State. I'm a huge Kennesaw State fan. Their only loss is to Georgia Tech. So, that's pretty cool. But I like North Carolina A&T as well. They're a really interesting story. They're an HBCU out of Greensboro who won the 2017, 18, and 19 Black College National Championship. They they were dominating the MEAC. Obviously, they won three straight Black National Championships and decided to move from the MEAC to the Big South, which will allow them to compete with some better programs and get a good chance to play against, you know, make the playoffs and play for the, the traditional FCS national championship so it's really cool that they made that jump we've actually seen that in another couple of other teams i believe hampton has made that jump as well and i think jackson state talked about it with Deion sanders but i think that's really cool they're going down to play the owls i don't have a spread the owls are four and one the aggies are three and two the aggies losses are to duke and Furman. as we said kennesaw state's losses georgia tech i think it's an interesting game it, kind of a contrast of two offenses Kennesaw, you know, wants to run the ball, wants to run a lot of that option stuff, whereas A&T is much more of a kind of spread it out, make some plays kind of offense. It's on ESPN Plus at 5 o'clock, so I'm going to try to watch it. Uh, tickets are $43. Any of our Atlanta listeners want to try to go. Pretty easy jaunt up 75 to Kennesaw. But I'm excited. I think the Owls are going to win. I think there's just, there's just too much on offense for Kennesaw State. They're really just going to be able to kind of run the ball, control the clock, and, and do what they need to do. So... I'm going to pick the Owls. But I think it's going to be a fun, cool game. And, and I really like, again, I like A&T's story. I think it's really neat. Uh, and also, shout out A&T. They did beat North Carolina Central in the Aggie Eagle Classic this year, 37-14. All right. Well, that's a good choice. All righty. Um, so I've actually fallen behind this week. So I'm going to pull an Artem and pick a couple of games. Uh, I want to pick an easy one so and a reasonable one just because I don't want to be a total jerk but uh, uh, let's see alright I got Alabama over Mississippi State because I think Alabama 
after that last game is going to nuke Mississippi State from. I feel I feel I feel really bad for what they're going to do to Mississippi yeah, State. Yeah, they're going to nuke them from o- orbit. Uh, and then yeah, after that, I think my other pick is I am actually going to go with Indiana over Michigan State at home. So. That's kind of a bolder pick by me, but I think Indiana, despite their bad luck, is one of those teams where they're a better team than people realize, and I think they uh, can turn, and they think they could come out and win this game despite how well Michigan State's played. All right, next up, Kentucky at Georgia. Key key matchup of the week. Uh, I don't know how much credit I'm giving Kentucky, actually. Um, They're... Georgia's favored by 22 and a half points. I just hate Georgia. Um, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't do it on principle. I'm going to pick Kentucky. Artem, who do you got? I think it's a closer game than people think uh, going into at least the, the half, maybe even the third quarter. Uh, I think Georgia runs away with it, but I don't think it's a 22-point game. I think if Stinson Bennett is still playing, um, he's, he's good at just – find a you know, wide-open dude, and you're not going to have a lot of loose runners against a good Kentucky defense. But it's just hard to pick against Georgia because they've given up at most 13 points all year. Um, yeah, it's Georgia for me on this one. All right, Andrew, who you got? So I think JT Daniels is actually out for a significant amount of time from what I understand. Like, like I, I thought I read somewhere that he may not make it back at all this year, so we're kind of looking at the Stetson Bennett show for the remainder of the year. God, I'm going to pick Kentucky because I hate Georgia, but I also think that the Georgia Georgia hasn't really... Uh, I'm going to continue to make this argument. They haven't played anybody. The best team they played is still Clemson, and this isn't a very good Clemson team. They scored 10 points on a really, really good Clemson defense. Kentucky's really kind of made their name Defensively, you know, they played a good Florida team. The close game with Chattanooga doesn't help. The close game with South Carolina doesn't help. Um, you know, Kentucky's a team that wants to establish the run, which I think they're going to struggle to do against Georgia. But I also think Georgia's going to really struggle offensively because I don't think their offense has seen a defense like Kentucky since they played Clemson. And. I'm going to pick Kentucky because I utterly refuse to pick Georgia. But a lot of that's just wishful. But I do think it's going to be a lot closer than the the 22.5 point spread. I think that's a little crazy. Uh, The spreads are all over the place this week. I mean, we just talked about the one point spread to Washington. didn't really make any sense. But, yeah, you know, I I also, I, I feel that way. I don't know that I necessarily think that. Kentucky will win it. I'm picking them because I just despise Georgia. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, it is definitely a close game. There is a – unlike most of the rankings, I think Kentucky is actually ranked pretty high for a reason uh, in the SEC. So we'll see. I'm kind of hoping it will be a good matchup. All righty. Well, with that, I think that's going to wrap us up for the night. Um, Andrew, do you have any shout-outs before we – Close out. Coast Carolina's still undefeated. Cincinnati's still undefeated. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are still undefeated. Oh, yeah. You had to work in the Cardinals, huh? Um, I think most of my fantasy football teams are all still winless. 
That's because you keep forgetting that the Dallas Cowboys are actually good. You need to just start their Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I tried that this week, and it's still not doing me any good. <laughs> like, I'm going to lose to Chubbs. A, the Browns got me negative six points, so and that's cool. And you're going to lose to me. It's rough. I mean. Oh, gosh. man. No, the dumb thing was benching Justin Herbert for Dak Prescott. <laughs> yeah. God, I'm stupid and it, bad. It never ends. Uh, Let's see if I can win. Let me check my other league. Oh, I might win. Nope. Nope. Not going to win in that league. And this league. Nope. Not going to win in that league. I think I'm playing. I think I'm playing. Yeah, I'm playing you in one league, and you're going to beat me because life is pain. (laughs) I wanted to send you a message to let you know, but yeah, no, you're. I think it's. I'm pretty well projected ahead of you, so I should be okay. So yeah, like the only guy that I have left is Devin Singletary for Buffalo, and he's done nothing, and Buffalo's getting waxed. You have Kenny Moore for Indianapolis, a defender who probably is going to get at least one tackle. <laughs> well, we'll find out. Uh, but yeah, I think that'll be oh, it. Why did I? Why did I bench Joe Mixon? Am I that stupid? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that stupid. Maybe I, I, thought, oh, I, bet you, I bet you I read I read the injury and the I don't remember. I, don't know, I also benched Kadarius Tony, who finally decided to show up and play. Yeah, I'm kind of sad. Chase Edmonds didn't come together for me. Yeah, Damn. yeah. I also for once started Trevor Lawrence, and it was the right decision. All right. Well, we're still recording, so to our listeners. Have a good rest of your week. And, and send uh, me some fantasy football help emails. Yes. Listeners. I'm so bad If you want to email Andrew about his fantasy football strategies, shoot an email at tomeatleather at gmail.com. Till next time, y'all have a good rest of your week. Good night, everybody. <laughs>